Hello everyone and welcome to the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Here with your hosts, Jacob Smedley, Justin Rehammer, Peter Almirante, and Nathan Romanoff. With today's special guest, Joey Rinaldi. Today's topics include a football episode. We've got the mock draft coming with the NFL 2021 draft on the horizon and the Super League. Nate will break it down for us. The destruction of the newest league facing the European Soccer League. Now, here's Justin. Justin first. Justin, take it away. We're going to get into some mock drafts. Thank you, Jacob. And yeah, it's weird to be coming first, but here we are. <laughs> hey, glad that Sam guy is in here, though. Let me tell you, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a yeah, good episode. He's got a good replacement. I won't fall asleep. I won't fall asleep for the first 20 minutes because he's not here. Yeah, it's going to be a good lot of fun here. We all brought mock drafts, our own mock drafts. We did the top 10, and then we highlighted a team of our choice. So I guess let's just dive in, boys. All right, we're going to start with the number one overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select i'm gonna say it i think everybody's gonna say it no brainer here qb trevor lawrence from clemson i mean let's be real when you got the pick he's right there you take him it's that simple i mean do we need to discuss this any further yeah no no not really really. easiest easiest pick in this draft yeah can't mess it up easily easily yeah i mean i i saw with it the story that that uh for the wedding like jaguars fans donated money yeah. for wedding gifts yeah. for him and then he the donated the money back yeah to the jack like jacksonville chair it, it's meant to be the marriage is meant to be right there he's embracing it he's embracing it he knows he's gonna be their guy He's getting ready. He's getting on the fans' good side already. I do believe you got to give a credit where credit's due, though, with uh, Justin Fields beating him in the college playoffs. So it's interesting mm. where he ends up. Good point. Maybe we'll mention him at some point later. in the future. Yeah, we'll move on, though, to pick number two. A little tougher, but I've, I'm sure we're all on the same page here as well. The number two overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets will select QB Zach Wilson, I say. BYU, he's they they trade away Sam Darnold. They need a new guy. He's the next best thing. Take him. I'm kind of torn between him and Justin Fields to be honest, because Justin Fields has proven himself to be an extremely good quarterback with both his rushing and his his cannon of an arm. Yes, Zach Wilson is very good, but I think I don't know a firm pick. I don't have a firm pick for you, but I think that'll be a race between those two quarterbacks for the Jets pick. I'm gonna have to disagree with Peter. I think, take, I think I think I uh, think. Justin Fields has not played on a level as some of the other quarterbacks like Mac Jones or Trey Lance even. So I think that's why he probably won't be going as high as Zach Wilson, in my opinion. Yeah, I I mean, listen, my whole thing here with Justin Fields, there's no doubt that, yeah, he's a good quarterback. You know, like Joe said, he beat Clemson in the college football playoff semifinal. But what a lot of pro experts say, a lot of NFL scouts are saying, you know, his progressions. He doesn't get well through his progressions. And, you know, that's a problem a lot of teams have with him at the moment, I feel. Um, you know, he struggles to read the defense and get through his progressions. Um, you saw that in the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern, where he had a very poor game. They really, Ohio State relied on the running game to uh, to win that. And, you know, Zach Wilson, everything coming out about this guy has just been positive, you know, ever since people have been talking about the draft so I just I personally feel like at this point it's a no-brainer for the Jets to take Zach Wilson I feel like they know what they want to do 
um, after trading Sam Darnold away, and I feel like that's going to be to draft Zach Wilson. Yeah, and I, I think both of these two guys are they're, they're right, right near each other in terms of skill level and and talent. Both, again, I I think are a top three three picks but I think you look at Zach Wilson on the other hand when Nate mentioned Justin Fields struggling in the Big Ten championship game I'm still worried with Zach Wilson in terms of how is his adjustment going to be to the NFL coming from BYU there's the questions about the competition that he plays compared to Justin Fields while Fields as Nate mentioned has those some issues there or just some Concerns moving forward. I think the concern for Fields again is that next step where it's Big Ten football. As bunch of you guys know, being going to Penn is is the top, the top of the 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 cream of the crop, and it just Zach Wilson, excuse me, just hasn't faced that yet. Yeah, I mean, I I hear the skepticism, and I just I'm not sure if I'm loving that because. Yeah, some guys, they need more to prove themselves. Other guys, they just need to get out there and do it. I mean, there's been plenty of examples of people who were supposed to be great and just weren't, and people who were supposed to be terrible but were amazing. So it really it boils down to any guy. So that's why for my number three overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the San Francisco Niners are selecting QB Justin Fields out of Ohio State. I think that they need a great backup for Jimmy Garoppolo, who's injury-prone. He got taken out last season due to that injury and really set his team on the wrong path, and they couldn't recover quite you know, after what happened. So I think that if they can get a guy like Justin Fields, they can put him behind Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe put him in there if they need him to, you know. but just to have him sit there for a little bit just to learn the game a little more. I think that that's what needs to be done here. In uh, in my mock draft, I have um, I actually have Mac Jones going to San Fran. I think Jones he fits the offense a lot better than uh, Justin Fields would. It's and I mean I know Alabama quarterbacks don't typically do well because you know they always have good wide receivers. Mac Jones is used to the offense in Alabama. And it's very similar to San Francisco, so I believe that is why they will select Mac Jones third overall. Yeah, I have to agree with Joe about Mac Jones. I kind of feel like Justin Fields is going to. I just feel like Justin Fields isn't going to go with the 49ers. Well, I'll make this a bit more interesting. I'm going to throw my hat into the ring. With the number three pick, the 49ers will take Trey Lance out of nice. North Dakota really? State. Nice. Okay. Uh, okay. A, a wow. bit of a surprise wow. here. Bold okay. early. Bold early. It's a bold, yeah. bold okay. statement. I like bold. I like yes. statement. Now, Justin, I disagree with you. I don't see Fields going three to San Fran. Joe, I do potentially see them taking Mac Jones, like you said, very similar offensive schemes between Alabama and San Fran. But I just, I like the way Trey Lance would fit. He's, you know, a very athletic quarterback. I think he could be molded by, you know, Kyle Shanahan very well. He could sit behind Garoppolo um, maybe for a year if they need. And I just, you know, I like this. I like this as a, maybe a little bit of a surprise to some people. But I, I think that they're seriously considering Trey Lance at the number three spot. And um, I think that he would be a good fit in that offense. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going Trey Lance. Gentlemen, Peter, Nate, Joey, that is where you are wrong. Justin Fields. Justin got it right. Justin Fields is going to the Bay Area. I think the mobile, you may not, you think maybe the system is not the fit for Justin Fields. 
I say the contrary. He has the wheels to move as well, and Kyle Shanahan can develop those kind of imperfections in a way that Nate mentioned when talking about Justin Fields. Just a few mechanics. Kyle Shanahan has been proven to help out quarterbacks in that regard, similar to how Nate mentioned as well with Trey Lance. I think that Justin Fields is going to fit nicely. I think that's what the offense needs. They need a quarterback that can make plays and I think Justin Fields will be able to do that to the best of the what San Francisco needs they need that guy and I think that Fields will be that guy right with you Jacob but we'll we'll move on then to the number four overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft the Atlanta Falcons are going to select tight end Kyle Pitts from Florida listen the Falcons they need a lot they need more playmakers they need a better defense they need a better quarterback but they gotta start somewhere right I think the Falcons need to just hit the reset button exactly and what better way than to find a guy that can block and catch at the same time you know you're gonna get a great tight end here Kyle Pitts he's done some great things and I think he'll be a good solid option for Matty Ice in the future I think I think Matty Ice's time is up that is why I think they're going to be drafting a quarterback if they don't trade away their pick. I honestly, I could potentially see them trading their pick, but for the fourth pick, if they keep it, I think they draft a quarterback. I see them either, as this was a tough pick, I'm probably going to go with Justin Fields here for Atlanta. It was it was a tough one between him and Trey Lance for me, but I think I think if Atlanta's going to draft something at number four, I think they're going to have to draft a, quarter, draft a quarterback. Matty Ice is just not doing it can't have choke artists anymore i can see where you're coming from with that joe with how matt ryan is kind of sloping out of his career in the nfl i mean he is getting older and you know he has choked way more than not but i don't know do you start with the quarterback for remolding your team or do you start with the other offensive weapons like a good tight end as in kyle pitts where do I, my question to you is, where do you start? I think you definitely start at the quarterback position because I mean, you already st- you still have you still have Julio Jones, you still have um, Calvin Ridley at one mm-hmm. t- and they still and they have a I forget I'm sorry I, don't, I forget what their tight end's name is, but uh, they still have a they already have a pretty decent tight end. With that, I just think I just think they need to finish out that quarterback that they just need to re- reinstate that quarterback position. I mean, I, I he won't I don't think the He'll start right away, but I, I think that's one thing that they need. If I may interject real quick before you go, Nate, I just want to say I think Peter, you're asking the wrong question. It's not where do you start; it's how do you start. Do mm. you start by rebuilding the you know mm. core that's around this guy, or do you start with a whole new system? So I think that you have you know you have Matt Ryan for at least a little bit longer. You might as well build up what's around him, and then when it's his time to go. You pick somebody else and put them in there. Yeah, um, you know, Justin, I am on board with you here. Um, at number four, I, I do have Kyle Pitts going to the Atlanta Falcons. And Joe, as Joe said, I do think this is a pick that is, um, you know, could potentially be traded. But since we're not projecting trades, um, you know, I'm not going to go with that. And I just feel at number four, you know, Kyle Pitts, best tight end in the draft, clearly. He's probably the best, you know, receiving option available in the draft, in my opinion. He could potentially be molded into, uh, you know, even a, re- a receiver with his, um, you know, physical capabilities um, and his skill set. A quarterback, they have Matt Ryan. Yes, he will need to go, and he needs to go in the future. Um, but, you know, with three teams ahead of them that will take a quarterback, I just, I feel like they should maybe hold off on that, build up 
these weapons, get a young guy like Kyle Pitts, and uh, then look maybe a couple years, uh, you know, a couple years or a year or two in the draft to get a quarterback or even trade for a quarterback. Who knows? Man, I'm I'm siding with the guy who's, who seems to be at a disadvantage with each of these picks in terms of which side I'm on. I'm with Joey here. I mean, you look at the Falcons, the tight end Hayden Hurst, who you mentioned, Joey. He's the guy that's leading the way right now. I think you go with the quarterback. You build the offense around the quarterback. Matt Ryan, he's getting up there in years. Mac Jones, Alabama. Where's Alabama? Right there. Right there, right there with Atlanta. I think it's a dream fit. You've got him sitting a year. Maybe he's not ready yet. Sits a year or two if that's the way to keep Matt Ryan in as the starting role. And then you can have him learn He may be a choke artist, of course, as we've mentioned, but still, he's a veteran quarterback that's had success in this league. He can learn a year, a year or two underneath of him and then take the reins for the team. We'll go on then to the fifth pick of the 2021 overall draft, the the Cincinnati Bengals select. I think we all have the same here. Offensive line in Piani Swell. He is very good from Oregon. He's just the one of the best in the drafts he's great with his you know pass blocking the run blocking he's very good in as well so i think that personally for the cincinnati Bengals, who had an injury at the quarterback position last season with joe burrow they're going to want to protect that guy so if they get a solid option i think that they can go farther than what they were doing last season yeah um i personally agree with justin here uh this pick makes the most sense panay Sewell from uh oregon Great offensive lineman. I believe he's the best in this draft, which is quite deep in offensive linemen, um, according to many experts. And it's easy easy to see. Panay Sewell, you know, watched him at Oregon, did a great job protecting um, Justin Herbert in the past, who's obviously now on the Chargers and had a great rookie year. So, you know, like you said, Joe Burrow, their number one overall pick from a year ago, got injured, suffered a uh, terrible injury in his rookie season, really derailed it. And you need to start... Uh, rebuild like kind of you know rebuilding or have helping him recover from that by shoring up that offensive line and taking Sewell Uh, it just makes the most sense protect your franchise quarterback they could take a receiver but I just feel like with you know they have young guys like T Higgins on the roster I feel like they're okay at that position take Panay Sewell makes the most sense yeah bottom line they need protection when they're playing teams like the Steelers and the Ravens who are known for their defenses you need someone to be able to to block TJ Watt, people like him. So, yeah, that's definitely a great pick for them. I think it'll probably work out well with um, Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. You know what? I- I'm going to go because my draft seems a bit, you know, off kilter so far, at least noticing from some of your other predictions. Based on what I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts here. If he falls, of course, he could be taken to the Falcons, as you guys mentioned. But in mine, if he falls to the Bengals, you take him. You add an offensive weapon to Joe Burrow, a tight end, Mahomes, Kelsey. That's immediately what I'm thinking. Joe Burrow, Kyle Pitts, the future in Cincinnati, mixing with T. Higgins, mixing with Tyler Boyd. Nate mentioned you got depth. 
in the offensive lineman. You have some picks. You can maybe trade up late first round. I know we're not mentioning trades here, but there's some depth in the offensive lineman. If you have a weapon there, I think you go take it and you maybe sign an offensive lineman or work with some offensive lineman past the first round. But Suell, great pick as well. But if Pitts is there, I'm taking him. Yeah, I think if Pitts drops there, yeah, for sure you take him. But I don't know. I didn't think that he would. All right, and then to the sixth overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins will select, bear with me here, wide receiver Jamar Chase. I think that with the combination of speed and route running ability, he's going to be a, a solid fit for that team that already has Will Fuller, already has Devontae Parker. They need that solid third guy to get them you know, into the end zone, and I think that Jamar Chase will be that guy. I think it's a great pick. He's, you know, had great, you know, he's been great in all of college at LSU, and I think that he will continue to be great in the NFL. I got to agree with you, Justin. I think Chase, if he is selected by the Dolphins, would be a great target for Tua because of his route running ability and getting in the end zone. So I think that would be a great matchup, Tua and Chase. So I would agree with that pick. Well, sixth overall, I actually have Devontae Smith going to the Dolphins. Heisman winner going to the Dolphins. It means a lot winning the Heisman. I, I really do think that I, there's a reason why he won it, and I think I think he deserves to go sixth overall to Miami. And Joe, I will tell you right now, I agree. I agree with the pick. Devontae Smith out of Alabama, the Heisman winner from this past season. Um, you know, he put on a showcase. He performed terrifically at Alabama, and I feel like the reuniting him with the former Alabama quarterback in Tua, you know, I feel like that's just, you know, a perfect, perfect combination, you know. Uh, two guys who have played with each other, um, I think, you know, they know each other, they know their styles. Um, I just feel like that's the perfect match. And don't get me wrong, I love Jamar Chase. I believe he's probably the better receiver, but for me, I feel like, you know, Tua and Devontae Smith, there's chemistry there already. And I just feel like the combination of the two is perfect. I feel like it's just there. And Devontae Smith is a great receiver, you know? He's not that far down, for me at least, from Jamar Chase. So I go to Devontae Smith. Well, this is a queen sweep of the position. Wide receiver, but Peter and Justin, I'm right on your boat. I'm going with Jamar Chase. I think... Like Nate meant, they're on a very similar level, but I think the concerns of the size of Devontae Smith are going to come into play, or at least in my idea of what teams are going to be looking at. And that's why some teams, at least now I'm seeing, are viewing Smith a bit lower than that kind of top five, top six threshold. And that's why I think Jamar Chase going to the Dolphins, like Justin mentioned, Adds another weapon to Tua Tagovailoa. Either one of them is going to be a big help to that offense. We already mentioned they added Will Fuller, I think, on the last episode of the podcast. They have uh, uh, Devontae Parker. You add a third good young wide receiver to that core. Definitely going to help the young quarterback. Either option is great. I think they're going with Chase at six. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Devontae Devonta Smith, he's great. And speaking of which, with the seventh overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the, the Detroit Lions will select wide receiver Devontae Smith out of Alabama. Listen, he reminds me a lot of Cole Beasley. He's fast, he's elusive, great route runner, and I think that he's going to be 
Very good. I'm going to have to disagree with Justin. Going seven overall is Jamar Chase. If Again, Miami taking Devontae Smith, I think, easily. Detroit will take Jamar Chase. With the exit of Kenny Galladay, they're going to need another big wide receiver, and I think that's their guy. At number seven, I actually don't have a receiver going here, um, interestingly. I wanted to shake it up a little bit. Um, I have the Lions taking Rashawn Slater, an offensive lineman out of Northwestern, who I believe to be the second best offensive lineman in the draft. I just feel that, you know, I'm not sure how serious they really are about Jared Goff, but at this moment in time, you have to believe he will be the starter next year. And if they really want to give this guy a go, you need to start with the basics. You need to protect him, give him protection. And that starts at the offensive line. So I feel that, you know, if they are serious about giving Jared Goff a run and a fair shot, you know, give him protection, give him time in the pocket, draft an O-lineman, take Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. I can see where Nate's coming from with that because they did make a big trade with Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. And like Nate said, we don't know if Jared Goff is going to be the legitimate starter. But if he is, you know, the Lions' offensive line isn't the best. And they haven't been doing a very good job protecting Matt Stafford while he was on the team. So I can see where Nate is coming from with this with his selection. Man, we got two guys picking wide receiver. We got Nate going with a tackle. I'll go with the other side of the ball. I'm going Micah Parsons out of Penn State. The Lions need help everywhere. They stink. They need help on <laughs> offense. They need help on defense. They need help on special teams. They need they need help everywhere. They need help at Head coach for all I care at this point. <laughs> Micah Parsons is the best linebacker in the draft by by far. I think in the first round, like, I believe this guy is going to be the anchor on what the Lions can build defensively. They picked Jeff Okuda last year to anchor down that, that secondary. I think they continue to build on the defense. It's a bold pick. Maybe like Trey Lance going top uh, uh, with Nate's pick earlier. But, hey, I think that Micah Parsons, yes, there's questions, of course, with his his last year of eligibility, not playing and such. But I think you build on that side of the ball if you're the Lions. Anything can happen in the draft. And, yes, you're right. The Lions need help absolutely everywhere, including coaching and all that crap. But... It'll be interesting to see what they do. The draft is full of unknowns and questionables, so we'll see where, where it Gotta takes us. Gotta be bold. Gotta be Gotta bold be sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> I, I like being bold, and hey, I like the pick. I, I think it's very possible, but we'll move on to number eight. With the number eight overall pick, the Carolina Panthers will select. I have old tackle Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Listen, another great pass blocker here. In, I mean, he's going to be great against the pass. They they need somebody to protect Sam Darnold. That was one of his biggest problems back in, you know, the Jets. He just didn't have anybody that could protect him. He got sacked a lot. He got hit a lot more. And so I think that if they can, if they're going to build around him, I think that's where they need to start. And they need to start fast. They need to start now. Let's just get one thing straight here, though. Carolina's offensive line is nowhere near as bad as the Jets' offensive line was. Very true. So, with that in mind, that's why I believe the Panthers will select Jalen Waddell to give another Alabama wide receiver to an already offense that's not terrible. They still need a few more parts, and I just think he's one of those parts that could really 
help out that offense, help Sam Darnold. Yeah, with uh, my pick at number eight, I do have the, uh, the Panthers selecting Jamar Chase. Now, I haven't had him go yet in my mock draft. And, you know, if he is still there, he is a no-brainer option to take, I feel. They have been steadily building up their defense in Carolina over the past couple drafts. And I feel like now that you have Sam Darnold, you know, who's going to be your starting quarterback, who's going to be your guy, um, at least for this year, uh, you need to help him. And, you know, they could try and address that on the offensive line. But more realistically for me, I feel like giving him the weapons he needs is more important. They have Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best running back in the NFL. They have Robbie Anderson, another great uh, wide receiver. And I feel like um, if Jamar Chase is there and, you know, they have to take him. One of the best receivers in this draft, and I feel like they will take him. I think, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I think that it's whatever the wide receivers are left there. Out of the kind of top three, you look at Waddle, Chase, Smith. I have Waddle here for the Panthers, but it could be whichever three is left at that point. I think tackle could be there they just i think offensive offensively to build like justin was mentioning build around sam donald give him the most amount of weapons he's had in his career let's be completely honest here support in it's offensive gonna be like line for him it's gonna receiver. be day. exactly i mean i think that that matt rule get it get his hands on him can maybe get one of these Good wide receivers. I have Jalen Wall, but of course, any of them will be of help. Yeah, I do like what I'm hearing there. I think that offense is definitely the way to go. I mean, defense is a little bold, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Because uh, I got to move on then to the number nine overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. With this pick, the Denver Broncos will select Micah Parsons out of Penn State. I think they have they're they got their moves on offense already i think that they work with what they got there a little longer i think they should shift to the defense and really look at a run stopper you know because they were not very great against the runs letting up 7.2 yards per carry against the run last season so i think Mike pulling Parsons, out the stats there yeah, justin you know, oh wow yeah, oh. i i don't hold analytics back. here yeah yeah <laughs> so i think that that's what they'll do like they're gonna need to plug up those holes and i think michael parsons is gonna help a great deal in plugging up those holes i would agree with justin denver should start building up on their defense you know this will be drew Locke's second season and he has the opportunity to grow with the offense and i think that if you start building up a defense like justin said you can have more of an all-around team you know you can have more of a form team all around rather than having one side of the one side of the ball be outweighing the other so i would agree with that i'm gonna also agree with you guys uh i think mike parsons will go to the denver broncos old man miller can't do it by himself anymore let's be honest he's probably not going to be there for much longer they really need to start helping out this defense i mean if, if you look at the other side of the ball on the offense you got a very young wide receiver course still, so there's no need there. You have Noah Fant at tight end. I think you just stick with Drew Locke for maybe a season or two. I think he can hold off for a little bit longer. He's not worse. Like, he's not the worst quarterback. I mean, he's not great, but just hold on a little bit longer. Help out that defense. That defense By needs no means so much help. Quarterback. <laughs> yeah. No means. No. I already said Micah Parsons, and I mean, they would be the Penn State Broncos at that point with all of the Penn State grads, and no wonder Nate's the fan of that team. <laughs> but you know what? I'll, I'll go because, you know, I haven't set an offensive line yet. Either Sewell or Slater, I think whichever one is at that point, mine, of course, will uh, 
different than all of yours at this point, but which I think an offensive lineman, you mentioned the wide receivers, you mentioned Noah Fant as well. What you didn't mention is the offensive line, and I think if depending on what they view with Drew Locke, if they wanted to look on the defense, you get Parsons. If not, if Drew Locke is maybe that quarterback that you want to keep around for the next few years, I would I would view protecting him, and if there's an offensive lineman, Sowell Slater, that is still there, I would take him. With the ninth overall pick, uh, my Denver Broncos, I'm going to agree with most of the panel here, will select... Linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State. You know, I love this pick. Uh, Micah Parsons, the best linebacker in the draft class this year for me. Um, there have been some questions, you know, teams maybe questioning his character after some reports. But, you know, I truly believe talent-wise, you can't get better than Micah Parsons at the linebacker position. And, uh, you know, he is definitely something that uh, Broncos need. Uh, you know, Vaughn Miller, he needs help. You know, he needs help on the defense. And, you know, I'm not so sure he's going to be there much longer, in all honesty. Um, so I feel like Micah Parsons would be a great, um, you know, not, ne- not necessarily a replacement, but a, a great guy for the future of the team to lead that defense um, after Von Miller moves on. But like Jake said, um, you know, maybe an offensive lineman uh, for the Broncos. If it's there, I could see it. Uh, Drew Locke, I, at this point in time, I don't see him as a future quarterback of the franchise. But, you know, I don't see the Broncos taking a quarterback at nine um will they make a move maybe you know if they really want a guy they could trade up but personally I I don't think that'll happen um I don't think they're gonna take you know the fifth quarterback remaining in the draft um in my opinion I think that uh you know they will go Micah Parsons at the linebacker position I think you're right with the quarterback statement because I think they want to let Drew Locke grow a little more you know I think, yeah. I, I mean, he's not a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's, like, some quarterback that has amazing Patrick Mahomes potential. But it's his second year, you know? You got to let these new quarterbacks grow with their teams. And especially last year with how hard things were with quarterbacks and the pandemic and all that crap, I think that they will select other side of the ball, other side of the ball to help the veteran defense and see what Drew Locke can do. And then maybe after this year, if they're like, He's still not cutting it, either trade or pick a new one up in the draft next year. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say, like, he doesn't, you know, he could turn around this year. I don't know. But uh, at this point in time, you know, I don't know, but I still think, you know, Michael Parsons on defense. It'll be interesting to see what happens there, but then the 10th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Dallas Cowboys. This pick was interesting because there were so many possibilities. Do they trade up? Do they trade back? They could fill so many holes, but in the end, I decided to go with Patrick Sertain the second quarterback out of Alabama. I think he's got a lot of speed. He's going to be able to stick with that man-to-man coverage very well, and I truly believe that they need that's a position that they need to cover more. So I think that you know, starting with that defense, you know, getting Dak on the other side, set and ready to go for the next four years. I think that's going to be good for them. Yeah, I I definitely agree with Justin here. I think they I think they take Patrick Sertain the second Cowboys defense. They're awful. I'm sorry, <laughs> they are just it's bad. bad. <laughs> when you can't even defend against the Eagles offense. No offense, guys, <laughs> but yeah. that that that's awful. He Shots got fired. That's he awful. Got I mean, when you're, you're not relying, wrong. When you're, you're not wrong, though. When you're, you're not re- wrong. When you're, when, as a defense, when you're relying on them, like for Carson Wentz, you know, to just throw his awful passes, like it's, it's, it's awful. They're, they're just not good. 
Patrick Sertain is going to be a, would be a great helper for them. Well, to get a go away from the the Cowboys uh, banter here, I will agree with Patrick Sertain. The linebacking crew is the one calling card because you have Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch. That's it, as as you, you guys have touched on. They need to build the secondary, uh, especially with the addition of Kenny Galladay in the division. Justin's guy, Terry McLaurin, is still a wrecking havoc. He had a great year against these Cowboys last year. Yeah, this is a no-brainer pick for me. They're going to have the guy, I think, go right to him at number 10. Hate going to be facing him as an Eagles fan, but I think this is a perfect fit for a Cowboys team who's set offensively. They need to fix the defense to take their team to the next level. Yep, uh, clean sweep here. I agree uh, with pretty much everybody. They need to address the secondary on the defensive side. Um, I went back and forth kind of a little bit between Patrick Sertan and uh, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. But, you know, both are great options, but I believe Patrick Sertan the best cornerback in this draft and I do believe that he is a potential you know long-term solution to a secondary problem uh, he's a great start at least um, he could be a great player in this league potential to be a pro bowler in the future um, I like the pick I mean of course unfortunately it'd be Dallas he'd be going to but um, for that team that is what they need at the moment so Patrick Sertan all right now time for our highlighted teams this is going to be interesting. Every Each of us is doing a different team. We'll see how it goes. Of course, since I'm first, we all know where I'm going. I'm jumping up to pick number 30, the Buffalo Bills. With the 30th overall pick, the Bills are going to select, in my opinion, edge rusher Jalen Phillips from Miami. The Bills, they're building a championship team up there, but to get over that last hurdle, I think they're going to need to put pressure on the quarterback. And with that comes Jalen Phillips, who is great on the edge. And I think that he will really help push this team over that last hurdle. That That's interesting, Justin. That's exactly who I had the Bills taken in my mock draft going all the way through. I think, I mean, yeah, outside of Ed Oliver, you add another another defensive tackle in there. They, they just build defensive tackles up there, defensive ends, defensive linemen very well up in Buffalo. He can succeed. I'm interested as well. I, I know Terrence Marshall, wide receiver out of LSU. I know he's that kind of middle round, late round pick. If he falls to the Bills, adding another weapon, maybe a young wide receiver to, to Josh Allen's arsenal, I don't think would be a bad idea, but I agree with the Phillips pick as well. I definitely can't disagree with that pick. The Bills already have a deadly defense. And also looking at the offensive side, they don't really need any help. They have a good offensive line. They have a good quarterback. They have good wide receivers. I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I agree. Uh, good pick. You know, their defense, I feel like, maybe took a, a small step backwards this past season um, compared to the uh, season before. Um, you know, the offense is there. Josh Allen, you know, you've got the weapons now on offense. Um, I feel like adding defense uh, is what they need, and an edge rusher is uh, is perfect. So, yeah, I like the pick. All right, I'll I'll take take the next 
team here outside of the top 10. I'm looking at a team we've mentioned before with the J.J. Watt news. I'm going to go number 16, the Cardinals select Christian Barmore out of Alabama, the interior defensive lineman to further stack up that defensive line in Arizona. They signed J.J. Watt. They have I think Chandler Jones is still there, if I'm not mistaken. You add this youngster who, from what I'm hearing, is a beast in the trenches. That is going to be a dangerous defensive front in Arizona if he goes there. And yeah, they, they are a team on the rise with a good offense. They're going to build up the defense. That's the team I'm looking at in the middle of the first round. Say what you want about the whole J.J. Watt trade, which I won't get too much into, but the Cardinals are making big moves, and I agree with your I agree with your pick, Jake, and I also agree with the fact that the Cardinals' defense is a scary thing to face now with J.J. Watt, and if they pick up who you said, I think it's going to be even more of a nightmare. It's going to be even more of a nightmare, and I think that they're working both sides of the ball like every team should be. They're building up both sides pretty evenly, and the Cardinals are a force to be reckoned with, or starting to be at least. Yeah, I mean, I think that building up that defense is the right thing to do. The offense, they have that great uh, chemistry. You know, yeah, I hate to say it, but DeAndre Hopkins, one of the greatest receivers in the NFL. Kyler Murray, he's doing great over there, passing and running the ball. I think that offense, you don't really need to address it in the draft. That's more of a free agency task. But the defense, that's where you need to kind of look to get them over that 8-8 eight and eight hump, you know, that they needed to get over. And I think that it's a great pickup for them. I do agree with that pick. Uh, yeah, I do like that pick. Defense, address it. I like strengthening that defensive line even more with Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. Love the pick. I think their offense is in a good spot. Uh, I think Kyler Murray will have another, uh, a good year this year with D-Hop. They could set up that defense and potentially make a run um, in the playoffs here in the future, next couple of years. You never know. So I like the pick. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I'm not too familiar with their offensive line situation, but that's the only other thing maybe I could see them drafting. But I think defensive line is the way to go. I agree. I'm putting in my Cardinals bandwagon form for next season, gentlemen. Let's go. Yeah, sick of rooting for those Eagles. <laughs> speaking of those Eagles, yeah. yeah what are speaking you... of the Eagles, the Eagles need a lot of work. And when I say that, I mean fire the general manager and start over. Completely start over. Like, please just fire him. His sunglass-looking face is not good for Philadelphia anymore. Well, I'm going to say the Eagles work on the defensive side of the ball. I say Patrick Sertan, and I say this because they need a cornerback. They have a pretty good defensive line. Decent, I guess, sort of. They need to work the secondaries. They cannot keep letting teams throw mid-range to long-range passes on this defense, and the defense is like, their heads are in the cloud. They don't know where to cover. They don't know who to be on. It's just all over the place. So that's why I say Patrick Sertan for the Eagles pick. But again, the Eagles could get could use all the help they can get. So uh, pretty much anybody who's willing to be on a really crappy team will take. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> they have that choice, Peter. Of course, they have that, that choice. Right. I, I say you work the defense. I say Patrick Sertan's second would be my selection. 
Listen, I, I like I like what you're saying, but I don't think he's gonna be there. That's just what I I agree say. with Justin. Um, I do agree that the Eagles suck. So they do, they do. and so, that's coming from an Eagles fan. Like, I honestly, it's terrible. I think they'll take Pitts. I think Pitts will fall to number twelve. Wow, you think I do think Pitts will fall into twelve? I I think he'll fall to twelve. I don't think Pitts getting past five. Well, like I said, the Eagles could take all the help they can get so again i th- i honestly think the patriots will trade up for number four I, that's why i think he'll fall because i don't think any of these other teams need and honestly you could make uh pitts a wide receiver if need be he has the potential to be a wide receiver yeah. so if yeah. they needed to move him they could yeah because just to point out joe your point um you know the eagles already have i believe two tight ends on their roster currently in goddard and uh Ertz, who i'm not sure what they're gonna do with but you never know. So, Peter, I, I like the idea of uh, going cornerback. I don't know if Sertan will be there. I personally don't have him being there. But uh, the guy, the other guy I mentioned, if uh, J.C. Horn, another cornerback out of the SEC, South Carolina, if he's there, um, I think that'd be a good pick. Or if Sertan falls and Horn goes before him, Sertan's a great pick, I think, uh, to help that Eagles defense. Great minds think alike. That's exactly what I was thinking, Nate. If J.C. Wide receiver or corner, I think those are the two picks here. Yeah. If they keep their spot, I think if the last of the three, as we've mentioned previously, uh, Smith, Waddle, or Chase, I'm guessing Chase and maybe Smith will be out of the Waddle, whichever, whichever the third one that hasn't been drafted yet is there, and then J.C. Horn, who, as we mentioned, I think Sertain is going to the Cowboys, uh, it's Horn or or uh, the, that wide receiver option, and I'm going with Devon, Devonta Smith here, or, or whichever three, that's my personal opinion, but whoever falls, I think you get another weapon, they failed, they've swung and missed at wide receivers year after year, I don't know if they, <laughs> and Justin Jefferson, and all, you could you could go down the line the you past go the five whole, years yeah, yeah, it's, you, it's, yeah. It's, but I think you you've got to try again Smith or maybe another Alabama wide receiver pair him with the best Alabama quarterback in the National Football League Jalen Hurts that's of course a joke a joke but I think that the last wide receiver would be the best option there I think a wide receiver would also be a good option if they don't draft a cornerback because you know. Travis Fulgham, you know, he's pretty good. He's shown up a, a couple of the Eagles games, and Jalen Rager showing what he's worth. We have to remember, though, this is the Eagles. They waste their draft picks on useless people. I was going to say, no they one, seriously, they're probably going to draft like another quarterback. They're going to draft, like, a kicker or something stupid like that. And it's the they Eagles. Made up draft, Justin Fields. Yes, <laughs> you literally... They throw their draft pick every single year. And that's why I say kick the stupid general manager out and hit the reset button. But, you know, I'm hoping for a cornerback or a wide receiver at least. Well, with the next team, I I obviously have the Pittsburgh Steelers. As much as I would love for them to get a quarterback. But that I know that's just not going to happen anytime soon. But looking at the Steelers... You know, with the exit of Bud Dupree, an, a very good edge rusher, and James Conner, our running back, I think it's very obvious that we select one of those two positions. Me, personally, I believe we will be selecting a running back, and I think we'll be selecting Najee Harris. A great running back. Ooh. I think a lot of teams ahead of the Steelers are not in need of a running back. And they have way other, more problems that they need to solve, so... That's why I believe Najee Harris will fall to the 24th overall pick. 
I like it. I could agree. I could agree with that. Either filling the running back position or wherever Dupree left off. I think those are two solid options for the Steelers. I think you're also right with the quarterback statement. They're not. Yeah, no, they're a quarterback. There's no way soon. they're gonna draft a quarterback anytime soon. They're probably gonna have to stick with Hoskins, which pains me because he sucks. Makes me depressed, but I'll well, I love it. I do like the running back pick. I like the yes. running back pick because, you know, last season they had one of the worst rushing attacks in the league. Part of that was due to the line, but also James Conner just couldn't get anything going. So I think that adding a guy like Harris is going to really boost this offense. And there's there's also one other thing I could see them drafting, maybe a center, because they obviously... Um... <laughs> that was a little rough at the end of the season. Yeah, game. that was rough. I, I don't even want yeah, to I don't, I don't even want to mention him. I don't even want to mention him. <laughs> Uh, Pouncy. Yeah, I, I, I don't him. even yeah. want to say his name. I used to respect him. Yeah, that's that's the only other position I could. I do, used to have respect for you. So I just don't yeah. understand but, how you uh, go how like you go pick. to the. I just can't understand how you go, like four years like Pro Bowl and then do that in the playoffs. It's awful. Well, to get away from that that topic, um, I'll I'll go with the other side. You mentioned running back. How about some defensive end? I thought you were going to say this. Jason Owe out of Penn State going to the Steel City defensive end. I think that's a match made in heaven for Joe, at least. You got Owe uh, taking Bud Dupree's spot. But can you pass over one of the best running backs in the draft? Yeah, I, that's a discussion. But you said that the defensive end need. I, that's I'm just true. Looking at that's it true. From what I just you think, mentioned. But looking at the looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers as a whole, they have a good defense. Whoever they put there, they have they still have one of the best defenses in the NFL, in my opinion. Definitely top five. Yeah, Joe. The only other thing I'll say is, you know, running back is um generally an, an easier position to fill in the draft. They generally don't go very high unless it's like a Saquon Barkley type of running back. I like the pick at running back because they need it, obviously. But I could see them potentially going center as well. You know, they need it. They don't have it. And if you're sticking with Big Ben for this season, you really need to give them, you know, protection and uh, some decent offense alignment. So I could see that, but I like the running back pick. Then um, I'll go, uh, I guess, uh, my team I decided to focus on, not too far outside the top 10. Uh, I'm going with the New York Giants. And uh, the 11th overall pick in the draft the Giants, I believe, will select a wide receiver. I think they're going to take Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Um, I think he'll be there, and I think they'll take him. You know, you're sticking with Daniel Jones um, at quarterback. Presumably, Saquon is going to be back, ready for the season um, at running back. And you know, you just picked up Kenny Galladay. Get another, um, you know, receiver to go alongside him. Uh, I say take Jalen Waddle. Make sure you have your weapons for Daniel Jones. Um, I know another position a lot of people might consider would be an offensive lineman but again this is a very deep draft class of lineman so i feel like if they really feel they need you know an offensive lineman they could trade up or just select in the second round um but i don't think they can pass up another talent like jalen waddle at receiver so that is why um i do believe they will take jalen waddle with the 11th overall pick i agree with the wide receiver pick but i also agree with the statement that daniel jones needs a little more protection on the o-line Whatever they decide to do, I think that they would go for a receiver primarily, like you said. But if, for whatever reason, Waddle's not there at that time, I'd say they would go for an O-line. I honestly I honestly think they'll go on the other side of the ball. I don't know exactly who they pick on defense, but I, I think defense is a little bit more of a priority just because they don't have much on defense. Especially, They have a good front, but secondary, I think they need a lot of help. They have Julian Peppers. I think he could be very good. But I still think they need help in the secondary. And they already did get Kenny Galladay in the wide receiving core. 
Drafting another wide receiver, I kind of find that unlikely. I could, I can maybe see an offensive lineman too. My opinion. I always say it. I like building up one side, and I like the pick for Waddle. I think that he, there's a very good chance that drops there, and I think there's a very good chance they get him. I do like, I like what that that could do there. I, I think that could be a great, you know, matchup, you know, because he's he's pretty good. So I think that I'd like to see what happens. That would be a fantastic pick, and I would hate it because you looked at the Eagle. They're picking behind two division rivals. When has that ever been a good idea? Like, I mean, I know kind of getting off. And you traded down for the, it. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was just going to mention. But I think it's a great pick for, for the Giants. You're looking at Galladay. Slayton's there as well. You can maybe move him to the slot and have Waddle maybe work the outside, which, whichever is better for him. Me, of course, being a hopeful Eagles fan, of course, I had them taking Slayton. <laughs> You know, I, I just saying, I, I just looking at the Giants here, I think Rashawn Slater could fall to that 11 spot, and I think it would be perfect, or at least in my draft, he's fallen to that spot at a Northwestern, a per perfect guy to uh, to take up one of those sides, maybe a blind side of, um, of that line and help out uh, Daniel Jones that way. So, but yeah, I think wide receiver would be a great pick as well. That should wrap things up for the mock draft, all of us giving our two cents or what we think is our two cents for this coming Thursday's NFL draft. Tune in to see if any of us are right on our picks. Now we've got some more football to conclude the episode. There was an announcement coming out the past I think it's this past week now of this Super League. Nate, what is this madness going on across the pond? Uh, yeah, Jake. So on the um, other side of the uh, football world, uh, we had the announcement of a European Super League, which was leaked and then um, officially confirmed by some of the leaders of this, uh, mainly Florentino Perez, the president of Real Madrid, um, basically, the idea was to have 12 of the biggest clubs in Europe, uh, the main six from England being Arsenal, Spurs, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, and uh, Chelsea, then you know three from Italy, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus, and then three from Spain. You'd have uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid. And basically, this would have been a breakaway from the traditional UEFA Champions League, which has um, been run now uh, for quite some time. And that's, you know, currently set up in a group stage format. This um, European Super League would have been, you know, fifth, they wanted 15 founding members. They only had 12 come out um, and announce it at the time. And it would have been open to 20. So they would have had five additional spots for other teams moving in and out. And then it basically would have been league play, 10 and 10 on each side. And the best at the top, I think it was the best four on each, would move on to quarterfinals and play each other out in that style. The problem with this is it's basically taking away competition from smaller teams, smaller clubs, um, like Leicester City, who, you know, defied all the odds back in the 2015-2016 uh, Premier League season. They won the championship. Nobody saw that coming, certainly. Uh, you know, their their shots were chanced, like, close to nothing, and they won it, so they were able to play in a Champions League, which is basically, you know, top four from each, you know, country league, um, it depends on country, but top four from England would go to the Champions League to play against the best in Europe, from, you know, and so they got to do that. Well, with this, you know, you're basically taking that away from smaller teams and smaller clubs um, in these countries. 
it's just not fair. It's not fair to the fans, and uh, it's not fair to the players, you know. It's football over in Europe. It's been around for hun- like over 100 years. A lot of these clubs were built by workers, and it would have just have been a shame to see uh, this league come to fruition and thankfully protest by the fans, mainly Monday and Tuesday. Um, came with the announcement Tuesday that teams in England, uh, Chelsea and City first, would pull out of this European Super League. Then that was followed by the rest of the four, Arsenal, Spurs, United, and Liverpool. And, uh, you know, it just shows the power the fans have over there. And it's, uh, it's great to see, great to hear. And hopefully this doesn't happen. Um, obviously the talks have been there. I'm sure it will continue to be there. But uh, as of the moment, the fans seem to have won this battle. Yes, won the battle. But have they won the war? U.S. history taught me that lesson. But anyways, I mean, you have, you have, you have some pros. Of course, it's mostly a con-filled list, as you mentioned, Nate. Of course, the every week there's that kind of marquee matchup. But again, there's no underdog story. There's not that under the no pyramid structure is what I also saw looking at it. There's no excitement it seems like the excitement is drained out for the money factor and and that's that's just not not good in any sport i mean especially this one especially in in soccer one of if not the most looking at statistics popular sports across the world if you lose the fans you lose the game and i think that that's would exactly happen if this league would come to fruition sometime in the future yeah and that's a great point you make um you know Money played a big role in the formation of this league, obviously. Um, COVID pandemic didn't help these teams at all. A lot of these big clubs like Liverpool, United, Real Madrid, they all lost money, tons of money. And this would have been financed by JP Morgan. Um, teams, you know, these founding members would have gotten billions of dollars to boost their club. And that's not fair because, you know, the money is not going to trickle down to the smaller clubs who need it as well. You know, they need it even more than these big clubs. I'm at the moment. So it's just, you know, that's a very big downside to it. There would be no pyramid structure as uh you mentioned, it wouldn't trick the money wouldn't trickle down to the smaller teams and the smaller leagues um in each country and it would really destroy um, you know, the soccer that people have known and loved in these countries, you know, for a hundred years. And it would just have been a shame, uh, to see it happen. And thankfully as of right now, it seems that it's not gonna happen. Hopefully that's the case. But I feel as long as the fans keep fighting and putting their word in, um, you know, this won't happen. Um, and by no means is the current format of Champions League perfect. But, you know, they have to negotiate. They have to figure it out. Because this year, this European Super League breakaway league, whatever you want to call it, is just not the right solution. It's just, it's not what football needs. That should wrap things up for today's episode of the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. You can find future episodes and streams here on the Lunch Hour Sports Podcast. Subscribe, like, comment. Thank you all for listening.